0: Dom Knight here, co host of The Double Disillusionist, along with Andrew P Street. You're about to hear a live show that we did at Giant Dwarf in Redfern on the 24th of November. A couple of days after Peter Dutton, the immigration minister's comments about the Fraser government having made mistakes in letting some Lebanese migrants into Australia. They proved quite controversial, and Ruby Hamad, one of our guests at the live show, wrote a piece about it for Fairfax. Mark Stefano from BuzzFeed is our other guest on stage. We're going to do more of these live shows next year, so go to the Double Disillusionist Facebook page and we'll have all the details about the shows for you there. And we're going to have a Christmas wrap-up of the bizarre year that has been 2016 up for you very soon. In the meantime, on with the show. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming to the Double Disillusionists pre-Christmas post-Trump book extravaganza. We have two people, two of the only, I think three or four people in the country... Who spent that incredibly long and horrible election we had mid-year? That remember that? Have you all got PTSD about it? That, that excruciating election? These two men pumped out a book and daily articles, and in Mark's case, everything else during the election. You a round of applause, please? Subjecting themselves to that for you, and we'll talk about those books and everything tonight. Now I want to mention um, Andrew P Street's book, his second book in 12 months about Australian politics. I don't know how he's done it. I don't know how he's still alive. Um, but uh, I can never remember the name of it because it's about as long as the election was. Andrew?
1: The curious story of Malcolm Turnbull, the incredible shrinking man in the top hat.
0: And a close contender, Mark De Stefano's book is What a Time to Be Alive, that and other lies of the 2016 campaign. Inspired by Drake. Indeed, it <laughs> is. It's a
1: Drake lyric. We're all inspired by Drake,
0: Mark. Now, we were going to bring them on with Big Show Biz Flourish, but uh, they're already here. So, please welcome, you've heard from now, Mark DiStefano is the political editor at BuzzFeed. <laughs> and we'll, we might as well sit down and start the show. A man who, <clears throat> I, I just learned, spends 16 hours a day non-stop staring at screens. So, those glasses are going to get thicker <clears throat> over the months ahead. Yep, yep, it's 16 hours a
2: day. Um, I, I think I'm pretty normal, though. I, I actually thought about this the other day... Um, I, I, I have my alarm on my phone, so like I, when I wake up I literally turn my phone off, like turn my alarm off, and the first thing I do is go Twitter, um, Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat,
1: text All of them are sponsoring this evening.
2: And so. then Slack, which is my group, group thread, and then before I do anything in the day, and then the last thing I do is check Twitter for, before going to bed,
0: and I realise we're, we're doomed as a species. He's yeah. hey, the future. No, it's awful. He's the Black Mirror version of reality. Also, of course, uh, we have here Ruby Hamad, who wrote a brilliant piece this week about Peter Dutton. We'll get on to him. Uh, Ruby is a writer and a columnist for Daily Life. Hello, Ruby. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: And, um, look, we got a a text this morning from Jacqueline Maley of Fairfax saying, I've got conjunctivitis from my young baby, so she's not here. So it's very kind of Ruby to join us. However... Uh, had she come anyway, and I think she was potentially going to, we would have brought her up because um, she has a lot to say about all manner of things that we need to hear. I think. And let's start Thank with you. that, Ruby. How's your week been? Yes. Gardening, pottering around.
3: You know, it's 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 bizarre because on the one hand, I have, you know, all my notifications on social media pretty much going off, and Andrew Bolt writing a a blog about me. But really, my life. At home, where I work most of the time, is pretty boring. So I'm, I've got this sort of this split thing going on. But um, in terms of the uh, online work life, yes, it's been quite intense. I, I just wrote that piece, uh, kind of on the car uh, about you know between 12:30 um, a.m. and 2:30 a.m. because I was yeah I was like you I were cannot probably let pretty this same. go. Yeah, in shock as well, a little bit, of, of how low, you know, the the conversation just keeps going. Um, yes, yeah, so I just wrote it and I sent it off to the editor saying, I don't know if you want this, but if you're interested, just let me know if you want to publish it I don't know if you want an and angry
1: screed at saying that we should sack the Immigration Minister. Yeah. <laughs> for those, for those who have not read it, and you absolutely oh, should, yes, and I'm should. assuming everybody has because it's everywhere <laughs> and it's brilliant, but um, it does unambiguously called for the sacking of Peter Dutton. Yeah. um, (laughs) who's?
3: Can we... We'll see.
0: He started it. He definitely started it. He absolutely did.
3: But, see, the evening before, the reason I didn't start this piece until after midnight is because I spent hours on Twitter, you know, really pushing this hashtag, saying he has to go. This is too far gone in the current climate of, of how we talk about... Well, all immigration and all, you know, racism and but especially against Muslims. So I wanted to get that going, whether or not it actually leads to his sacking, which I, you know, obviously doubted, but yeah, it's I It's not um, an easy thing to get sacked by the current no. Turnbull
1: government with its well, tiny uh, you majority. Know, it was It's, it's it was not just an easy thing to do anything if you're the current Turnbull well, government. <laughs> that is true. Yeah.
3: It was it was I real I wanted to get people talking about it so that we were at least putting it out there that you that was so, like, such a low blow th- that it's angry, in, uh, you know, it's outrageous enough to make some of us upset enough to demand his resignation, but,
0: yeah. Mark, how did you... As someone who, who surfs the web and has a screen attached to your face 24-7 looking for things that are making waves in Australian politics. This was a big one. Can you talk us through the story from your perspective?
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I think that a lot of people are surprised by this when I, when, I, when I tell them about some of the dark arts that news outlets have these days. Um, there are these things called um, sort of social dashboards um, that we have... You, you, you kind of spend, you know, $600 a, a year on subscriptions for these services, or if you're a big company like BuzzFeed, you pay a lot more... And you literally can enter in a bunch of filters, so you can be like Australia, um, politics, um, New South Wales, Datum whatever it is.
0: Potato after yeah.
2: two hours, whatever it is. And what you can do is you can actually find the thing that is being shared the most. So it actually and, and, and it will it'll rank every story in the country with the number one. And 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 Ruby's story went straight to number one on those on those uh, th- those counters. It also was number one on Reddit, which is hard. Reddit Australia is v- we have a very very uh, energised Reddit community in, in Australia. Who, who,
0: know, who doesn't know about Reddit? How, how nerdy are we in the room today? <laughs> Reddit
2: Reddit is essentially the uh, the 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 Twitter but f- it's like message boards but um, mostly mail... But they really are. There are two. There are two. I always like. I always joke. There are two social media sites that actually turn the internet around mm. every day. Um, one is Reddit, and the other one is Tumblr. Um, Tumblr is mostly young young girls. Reddit is mostly um, dudes. And what happens is Trump's is that, base, basically. Yeah, on Trump's Reddit. base. And so, um, and Reddit loved the story as well. And so, the, it's so funny for us because. BuzzFeed, uh, we're trying very, very hard, and we're, we've hired a whole bunch of news reporters. I used to work at the ABC. We're trying to set up a news operation in Australia. What's so frustrating is that we can't harness the, the power of the hashtag SackDutton movement because obviously we're reporters, but hashtag SackDutton was the number one trending topic for a whole day. There you go. Um, <laughs> Ruby nailed it. And, and,
1: as opposed to hashtag DuttonSack, which didn't do nearly as <laughs> well. <the job. laughs> Very niche. Yeah, um, it's very a sack niche. of potatoes. Um, there's
0: uh, who's, who's seen Black Mirror? There's an episode of the new Black Mirror where there's a hashtag and if you tag someone with it, they'll get killed. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting Is it Zach Dutton? <laughs> it's entirely possible. It's not different. It, it's, it's kill the person. But yeah. look, I'm, I'm not going to say you should try it. No.
2: <laughs> the, and, and, the, and the problem is is that it actually, and this is not taking anything away from the virality or whatever you want to call it of Ruby's Column, which was crazy... It's more the fact that actually sending something viral these days doesn't in Australia anyway. Sending a hashtag viral doesn't take a lot. It requires a couple of dozen people tweeting about a, a subject consistently for about an hour, and it suddenly starts going. But the should point we
0: try and do that in this room tonight? You,
2: no, you, yeah, you'd. Yeah, yeah, I'm us, not even kidding. You probably we've got, could got do enough it.
0: people. Let's pick a completely I, random topic
1: and <laughs> see if sack. we can
0: make it go viral. Mark can check in later. <laughs> Dutton sack. That's pretty funny, but it's a bit, it's a bit too close to the original. Maybe it's not.
1: What do I reckon? It's a tribute.
2: <coughs> <coughs> but what we'll, I will we'll say work on something. We'll work on it. But I think that what's interesting is um, I, I always talk about social media is like crying out for your opinion at all times. It's like literally Twitter is like going, please give us your opinion. Like, you know, and it is a problem for reporters because you're trying to stay objective. Um, the best thing about Ruby's piece, and the best thing about these sort of really catch-fire op-eds and and um, and pieces is that it can actually encapsulate all the rage and all the anger um, in a piece. And quite often, you don't even need... It can be a headline, you know what I mean? Like, the reason we work so much on headlines, um, in, in perfecting headlines... It's like the reason why her piece went so well as well is because it actually had that headline that made people hit share before they even read anything or opened it. Um, and I that's think that well, that's... Really you, know, you
0: know the fake news thing? Everyone just shares without reading the article. That's the, that's the genius of it. So, Ruby, let's look at this because one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight was how Donald Trump's election has changed Australia and will change Australia. And as it happened this week, we have an incredibly palpable example. Can you, can you tell us how uh, you think Donald Trump's election led to where we are today, because you referred to it in your piece, and and Mm -hmm. it seems to have changed the the ground zero, in a sense, of what you can say in Australian politics.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, we were heading towards that, anyway, uh, you know, with Brexit and the rise of just the right in in Europe in general, uh, and even just Donald Trump's election, and and that's really one of the the negative consequences of a US election that just goes on for so long, right? It really gave him time to harness all that. The only thing that made ours seem short, yes. Yes, but um, anyway, so it was... I think heading in that direction because anyone who comes from a, a an Arab um, Muslim background has noticed for a while the conversation around us getting worse. And, and a few months ago, when it was the whole you know Sonia Kruger and that letter in the letter to the editor in the Australian that actually called for the internment of Muslims, and it was published, that we just were like, wow, like this is really really getting bad. And then that. This week, um, you yeah, so we 're in this situation we 've seen what Donald Trump has harnessed and it, it, to the point where people are literally giving Nazi salutes and yet Donald, uh, sorry, uh, Peter Dutton still stepped up in in Parliament in question time and essentially just condemned an entire immigrant community at a very very dangerous time and that is what I found um, unforgivable really so
0: yeah. How would you categorise the reaction? Because um, you were saying just before that, that uh, you've received a lot of support from an unlikely
1: mm-hmm.
3: group
0: but in terms of finding a point at which something is or isn't too racist to be said or thought or even uttered in public life, particularly by an immigration minister of all people, yeah. this is somewhat surprising isn't it?
3: Well that is, that's it. It's it, it's his position. I mean, yeah, in terms of something too racist to be thought you know, you can't control what we can't control our own thoughts, let alone anybody else's. And if it had been, you know, someone like Andrew Bolt, obviously it's, not, it's still not great, but it's not an elected representative who's also an immigration minister. And so this idea that we have an immigration minister who, based on this and past words and actions, doesn't appear to like immigrants very much is a little bit of a worry. Mm.
0: Um, he gets to make yeah. judgment calls. I don't know if people know this, that in, in our system there are lots of things where it's left up to ministerial discretion. Yeah. And that means Peter Dutton trying to figure it out. That's mm. what that
3: means.
1: <laughs> Let's just yeah. think about that for a moment.
3: <laughs> no, and, and he's still painting himself as a victim now. Um, his well, that, latest... Uh...
0: That's a whole... That's a bizarre can thing.
2: I, and look, can I just say, I, I think the important thing to remember is um, he says it for a reason.
3: Exactly.
2: Um, it's a vote winner. Mm-hmm. I always go back to this. It's like, never forget... <laughs> that immigration in this country perhaps has been... Being harsh on immigration, perhaps has, has never been a vote-loser. It's always been a vote-winner. Um, so you can go back to the Tampa, you can go back to Children Overboard, you can even go to um, this election where uh, Peter Dunn made his literate, numerate refugee comment. The point being is that... Um, and this is something about us being in the bubble. We're at Giant Dwarf on a Thursday night... You know,
0: Yeah, we're in Redfern, people. Hashtag
2: Sack Dutton. But what I'm saying is, is that I think the, the thing to remember about Dutton's comments is that they're hurtful, they are, they are, um, they're vicious in many ways, and I can tell you now that Malcolm Turnbull didn't know he was going to say them because Malcolm Turnbull... There was this great moment today in Question Time where actually Malcolm Turnbull interpreted what Peter Dutton had said... And I'm like, and I was like, oh Malcolm, that's what you wanted him to say. <laughs> like, that, but that's not what he actually that's said, Malcolm. Said. And I think that the, the the thing about um and this is probably something I'm gonna get, get onto, is that right now Peter Dutton is very powerful within the Liberal Party, and um he has a lot of support behind him, but he also has a lot of support behind him in the Australian community, which is probably the most important thing to remember is that um is that when uh, we have these bubbles of outrages around comments that Peter Dutton or something that he says. I mean, he, we literally made a, a, a raped pregnant refugee a political plaything for two weeks. Um, and that didn't stop, you know, the Liberals being returned. It wasn't a big issue. Well, for for
1: nine months, technically, because yeah, then she gave birth.
2: Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. she did. And the best part about that was is that he wouldn't say anything about about her until she gave birth and then gave, like, all the details. And it was like... You absolute dirtbag! It's like mm. it was like because she needed to protect her, you know, protect her privacy. But as soon as she gave birth, it's like, well, it turns out she kept the baby. Mm. It was like, what, what? Um, so I, I would just say that uh, just because
1: we gave her no choice.
2: Yeah, draw <laughs> your own conclusions. <laughs> I would just say that I always remember that uh, Australians vote for harsh immigration policies um, as a positive.
3: Yeah, but that's. It's not it's
2: bad. I'm not saying it's good.
3: No, no, I know that, and I'm saying that is the worry, and, I mean, I addressed that in the piece. I said, compared to other things he's done and said in his tenure as Immigration Minister, this might seem mild in comparison, but we have to decide as a community, as a country, at what point are we going to stop letting the conversation sink and at what point, and I think that retroactively condemning refugees from 40 years ago who fled one of the most brutal wars ever and saying we should have just let them all, left them there to rot, um, essentially saying to me, having lived here since I was two, saying, well, anything you've done and achieved, any identity you have as a strain, any way you see yourself, it doesn't matter because if it were up to me, you wouldn't have come here. Like yeah. That's it's pretty harsh. It's like ripping ripping you, like it's, it's really, it's hard to describe unless it's directed at you. It, it so. seems
0: surreal to me that we're at a point where Peter Dutton is making an argument that would have excluded one of the very, 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 very small number of people that Tony Abbott made a dame. Marie Bashir, yeah. uh, former Governor of New South Wales, Chancellor of, the, of Sydney Uni, medical research legend, her husband, also Lebanese, is a wallaby and was the mayor of Sydney, uh, and, and these people would not have been allowed to come here mm. if Peter... That's pretty weird. That's pretty out there, even for the Liberals, which makes me wonder about how things have shifted. But I guess what I want to ask, having observed this bizarre moment, and, look, far be it from me to suggest that Peter Dutton's thoughts might not have been entirely considered, <laughs> but I, the thing that I keep coming back to is that we keep seeing an extreme... Um, section of, of society getting disproportionate representation of its, of its point of view. We see that with same-sex marriage. I, think, I do think we see that with immigration. Um, One Nation got t- below 5%, I think, of the, of the national vote in the Senate. But our, our system points us in this direction. So what I want to ask, and I'm not a, a person who really knows, but Ruby, I'm sure you'll have a, a view on this, is to what extent does this actually represent majority view? Okay, Trump won, but he's currently 2 million votes behind in the popular vote. Brexit got up, but that, that was very, very strange and very, very close anyway. And yeah, OK, the coalition won, but by a tiny margin. Mm-hmm. Is, are these people... I mean, Peter Dutton now, there's apparently a draft Dutton movement. Uh, maybe that should be our hashtag. We'll choose it shortly. Um, but is this a fringe or is this actually um, a lot of us? How big is this thing in our society, do you think, Ruby?
3: OK, I'll be quick because I feel like I'm hogging the conversation. Um, I don't... I think it's... With the uh, election of Trump, I think that it's bigger than I realised, even. And I still don't think it's anywhere near a majority. I think the problem is that the majority doesn't care enough to uh, counteract it or do anything about it. And I think that's how Trump won. I don't think that everyone who did vote for him or everyone who didn't vote thought, yeah, like... uh, I hate Muslims and I hate, black and all that. I don't think everyone was explicitly racist. I think there was just enough of them that were just like, yeah, well, or just didn't factor at all because it doesn't affect them. And I think that is probably the bigger problem that we have. Although, like I said, I do think the, this, is, this is actually not as marginal as we thought it was. So,
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely confused about this because seeing the way that the coalition have been kind of, particularly the nationals, are moving to kind of woo the one nation vote. And I keep finding myself thinking, are there that many of them to make it worth losing the center? Because it seems to me that Australian politics, I mean, I've said this before, is kind of always in the center, like really things sway very, you know, a little bit left, a little bit right. And so it seems that actively going after the hard right, which is mainly, in Australia at any rate, Seems to be mainly a like less about immigration, even more more kind of a protest vote against the major parties. Yeah, and people Seems who advocate like, this, this the theft of keys over yeah, possible. strong, yeah. strong key hating. Can, can I
2: can I just add to this that uh, I think that if you if you're thinking on it on a left v right spectrum, I think you're missing Trump, which is Trump isn't on a left v right. He's on an establishment versus anti-establishment mm. because Trump isn't a conservative. Uh, He has no political beliefs. He is a pragmatist and he's a populist. And I think the important part about this is that I don't think that people in Australia are now starting to think of themselves as like, I'm a Labor voter or I'm a Liberal voter, maybe like our parents did. And they're not even thinking of themselves as, I'm a lefty or I'm a righty. It's much more this whole I'm a nerd about politics, and I like I get outraged, and I and I and I get like I watch the project and all Hello, that Red stuff. Hello, <laughs> yeah.
1: Redstone.
2: Um, I, I and, applaud
0: Willie Ali. and That's and, <laughs> and and then the
2: outer class of people who are angry at the inner class of people. So I had this amazing I had this amazing conversation with uh, my my brother in law's uncle who earns three hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, I was at a manly course, so um, having a drink with him, and. You know, I, I'm in one of those I'm in one of those classes of people where literally every conversation I have is, So Mark, what's going on with politics? And I'm like, Okay, okay, yeah, no, this That's is That's why blah, you're blah, blah. here. Yeah. And I had this conversation with him and he said, What's going on with Pauline Hanson? And I said, Oh, you know, this, 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 whatever. And he said to me, he goes, Oh, I really like her.
3: And I oh. said, Why?
2: I said, like I mean, he's white, he's straight, he's a he's a fifty-five year old guy, he earns three hundred K a year. There is no reason... I said, I, said, I said, point blank, I said, do you want to ban Muslims? And he's like, oh, no. And I said, well, that's what she wants. And he's like, oh, no, what I like about her is that she says things that other people are scared to say. And that is the Trump vote. That mm. is... I have this difference between there are, there are Trump supporters and there are Trump voters. Trump supporters wear Make America Great Again hats... They're um, Nazis, they're alt-right, they're all this sort of stuff. And the media freaks out about Trump supporters. But you miss the Trump voter, which is the person that goes in and says, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Why? Oh, just because I hate the establishment, I hate Washington, and I think he's going to change things. I'm sending him there to change things. We need to focus on figuring out more what makes people... Pauline Hansen supporters and not... Sorry, Pauline Hansen voters and not Pauline Hansen supporters. Because Pauline Hanson supporters are deplorables. They're awful. You know, they are xenophobes. They do call for bans on Muslims, all that sort of stuff. But a lot of people are very socially progressive. They believe in gay
0: marriage, but then they'll go vote for Pauline. It's a very interesting point. And it comes down to what is the basis on which people make their voting decisions. And I, I suspect that what people haven't factored it in the States is a very large degree of, he's the guy from TV, he was on The Apprentice, Donald Trump, okay, and 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 it didn't get any more superficial, no one knew what he wanted.
2: People always used to say that, um, like, in New York, um, Donald Trump was a joke of what a billionaire would be, right? Like, everyone in New York who were... But, billion- that's
1: the John Mulaney line of, yeah. he's like a, a, a homeless man's idea of what a rich man would it's, do. It,
2: that's exactly right. <laughs> so it's like... Uh,
1: I'd build a giant skyscraper and put my name on it.
2: Yes, and I'd paint everything in gold, and then I'd have my, you know, a, a have supermodel thick, wife. I'd golden
1: hair. Yeah,
2: and I think that that's the, that's the thing to remember about symbols and and, and American, American life, is that I think a lot of the time people are like, they grew up watching maybe The Apprentice, which is a huge show, and that's their symbol of who he is, which is success, he hires, he fires people, um... And what happens is, is that he was he had the perfect ingredients to win this election because he was going up against Hillary Clinton, who, um, brilliant, considered, experienced, but my God, if you wanted a symbol of Washington and yeah. the same old, same old, would well, you pick Hillary Clinton? You pick the one that she's she's been around for 30 years, and everyone has an opinion
0: of her. Yeah. How did the prospect of the first female president? become the boring, safe, same old option. How did that happen? <laughs> that was bizarre. But it was a very
1: unusual election. How- well, well, this worries me because... Well, I mean, this worries me for a bunch of reasons. But if, if the... Like, they say what, what's on their mind, they're not beholden to establishment ideas of what their job is, then we could be looking at Rod Culleton as, as, a, a, <laughs> as a PM. That is our PM. hashtag... Ladies, he genuinely gentlemen, does not... <laughs> rock, he says what he's thinking, and he's, he's not... There's no filter in his mind saying things like, is what I'm saying, barking mad? Okay, let's just take a moment here. Mark
0: Stefano's pulled out his iPhone. What we, want, what we want to try and do is go viral, do this throughout... It's not rude to pick out your phone at this event. We're all wedded to them here. Are we going to go to Carlton number 4pm, or just... Um, what do you what do you yeah, think, Mark? Think what's what's the best version so, of this? So look, if I was consulting, Talk us through this if I semester. was social
2: media consulting, and look, I don't know if a lot of people know, uh, we were behind the hashtag Tay for Hottest One um, Hundred. Of course, you know. So Taylor Swift. It
1: all comes. It all comes. Out
2: it all comes. Right? Like, I would say um, Rod for PM is quite funny, as in Rod like it makes people go, huh. and so Rod I for PM. hashtag Rod for PM. Four. Four, number the number four?
0: four. Okay, so they won't even know who Rod is, which is great. No, 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 I've, I've made it clear in the original oh, tweet. So basically, um, <laughs> Andrew... <laughs> Anyone else called Rod's going to get very, very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Finally, justice for Rod. Or just, just look, for Mark, look for at, uh, Mark DeStef. At Mark DeStef. Um, um, And just retweet him. Is that what we need, do we need to do? A- so
2: we've got two retweets so far in 30 seconds. Four retweets... So, no, so, uh, I do want to, um, I think that there is a really serious point to be made about this when we talk about whether Trump can happen in Australia, which is, like, I don't think that Rod Culleton's going to be PM, and I don't think Pauline Hansen's going to be PM, that's a ridiculous notion. What I do think is that we're going to find people going to the polls and making decisions, uh, So I got told a stat last night, and I need to find out whether it's true, and someone could Google it and f- figure it out for me, but... At the last election, more than 50% of Australians didn't vote for a major party as their number one pick. That is fucking terrifying. Because if you think about it, if people are going into the ballot and they're voting Xenophon or they're voting Pauline or they're voting Greens or they're voting Nationals because they're moving away from the Labour-Liberal orthodoxy, we start to get the Senate, like we do now, in the, in the lower house and everything is, like, there is no chance for reform. The problem with reform, it needs broad-based... It essentially needs, obviously, a, a visionary, but it also needs, like, a majority in the parliament. And, and if, if we're heading that way, where hung parliaments are the norm, I don't know, I think it's a bit scary.
3: So you're saying that the two-party system is the preferable... I Wait. think that I think really? Australia's,
2: Australia's two-party system is the bedrock of Australian progressivism. Like it is okay. the reason yeah, why, because we because we swap. You know, we have six years, six to ten years of you, six to ten years of you, and usually what happens is the conservatives come in and make a whole bunch of public service cuts. The La- labor come in and they make a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of big spending decisions that like could save Australia from the GFC. They could you know build a whole bunch of school halls, whatever it is. And then what happens is we swap. But if you don't have the swapping mm-hmm. and you only have three-year terms where it goes Labour-Liberal within three years, you can't get anything done. So there's no, there's no getting to um, a destination. There's always just a whole bunch of squabbling about the trip, if that makes sense. Now
0: that's a very... Uh, I wanted to follow up on more on that. But what I want to do first is check what's happening with hashtag road4pm. Um, <laughs> So, 16 Uh, retweets and nine faves in two minutes. Jane says, inanimate carbon rod. Very nice. Uh, George says, if Trump's going to be POTUS on January the 20th, let's have the Australian equivalent. Uh, Nick says, this bloke says what some people think, rod for PM. Lisa just says, get on board, although slightly undermined by the photo of us that she's attached to it. (laughs) Leopold Bloom, possibly not the real name, down with turn bull, vote for a hard rod. John says, Rod for PM is live. And I said, uh, let him swipe the keys to the lodge. So, yes, Rod for PM. Um, Cameron says, look, Rod for PM isn't the movement we need. It's absolutely the movement we deserve.
3: <laughs>
0: Rod Carlton for PM and or High Court Judge. I think we might, we might have the beginnings of a tradition here. Every time we do this, Andrew, we should try and move the needle in Australian Twitter. Last I'll night, last night I, was
2: at a, um, I was in a pub last night. It was about 1030 um, everyone was very drunk uh, in Canberra and Rod Cullison walks in with his chief of staff um, and Clive, representing pa- himself, Clive yeah. Palmer was there as well. Clive Palmer has lost like 30 kilos and I'll, post a, I'll post a photo of him on Twitter. He's felt man like wow. he's lost a lot of weight
0: <laughs> <laughs> He lost office he lost weight, he lost money Hashtag sexy Clive
2: <laughs> Actually no, I shouldn't post this that's a little bit voyeuristic yeah. Um <laughs> Well, but I'll show people light up. But, I mean, uh, yeah, Rod Culleton is losing his mind and um, the media is...
0: Which was um, a low bar anyway, <laughs> I fear.
2: But the media is, like, <laughs> clapping along. It's actually quite scary. He's a, he is a genuinely normal bloke who has been thrust into the national spotlight and is like a deer in the headlights. And it's very terrifying to watch, actually.
0: I, I have to say, in, in praise of Senator Culleton, he's achieved something I didn't think possible today. Uh, and that is he has brought me, a member of the Chaser, and Chris Kenny together. <laughs> because what happened today was that he, was, he shared the Ostley the, um, the transcript, the actual uh, court transcript of what Senator Carlton said in his own defence, representing himself in the High Court, which I commend to you all. Um, but Chris, Chris had the link, so I retweeted it and said, I completely endorse this, this is great. We were just joking a little bit. And he followed me, Chris Kenny... Follow me today, and so I'm following back. and every. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, how many tweets do you reckon, Mark, to take over Twitter?
2: Oh, look, you, you probably need my initial tweet to get over 100 retweets, and then you need probably about, about 70 to 80 tweets so then it become the top trending topic. But if okay. there's a football game on, you've got no hope. Um, there you go. These are just the little, little t- tricks of the trade. Okay, uh, I'm, just, I'm not sad at all. <laughs> so re- I like, like, re reload.
3: How, how many hours was that? Yeah, I'll oh, just send. read the
0: replies to Mark's tweet, bearing in mind that he has a lot of followers, and a lot, almost all of them are nodding on this joke. Uh, Mary says, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ad Astra says, Too much credit. Uh, Chamber Invader says, That's a shit take, and you, me, and Clive Palmer all know it. Um, SW says, Well, that's how Trump started, by being seen as just a joke. Um, I rate Latte Sipper, who's in the You know room. what's funny is that the Trump thing started as
2: a joke, as in Trump was running, was a joke, and that's how it started. That have, you, has it, have people seen the video of him sitting through the 2011 White House Correspondents' Dinner?
0: Yeah, that, that, that's it what is. we call inception.
2: It is mm-hmm. one of the scariest pieces of vision because you've got Bar- Barack Obama just having the whole room laugh at Donald Trump about the prospect of him running for president. And then him just not laughing at all and just being... And, and, and apparently he was seething about it. That night also, um, Barack Obama ordered the kill on Osama Bin Laden. Big night. Big night. He <laughs> in, killed in world history and his own legacy in the one night. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that those, those things True. are I'm very, afraid. very scary. Because look, if it turns out that Rod Carlton becomes this like insurrection populist prime minister, started at Giant Dwarf as a
0: joke. Right here, right here. We um, apologise in advance. It's coming along very nicely. We'll, we'll check in after the break on that. Please keep it kicking along. Cameron's um, just waiting for the hot Osman Faruqi take on the yeah. PM <laughs> movement. Very nice. Um, we've gotten quite off topic. I mean, we joke about this sort of stuff, but I don't know. Have you lost faith, Ruby, in the system a bit this week? I
3: I'd never... Had much faith. Had just much. aren't we? Well, that's, was, that's, that's interesting. Isn't I, it? I'll be honest. Like this sort of sense of doom that most people have been carrying since Donald Trump's victory. I, Post I've Trump stress of, disorder. Yeah, kind of felt that for a while. No, I'm, I mean, you know, no, I wasn't that bleak. But I, yeah. Well, obviously the system. I mean, we see our system is very different. Obviously, our, our you know our political system and, and our voting system. So we're never going to get. I think. Famous last words. Someone like Trump, um, actually, as prime minister. To be um, fair,
1: Ruby, you and, you and I were talking sort of an hour ago yeah. about sort of how well you know maybe climate change will fix everything for us. Oh like well, we yeah. Sort of started going like, well, I mean, if we're all dead, then then we get out of this.
3: Yeah. Well, yes, there's that. But I. I Donald
1: Trump's skyscraper is very high. He'll be some, fine.
3: But someone like Trump doesn't. You know, they don't have to be the president or the prime minister in order to, to cause, you know, a lot of damage or to steer us in a different direction, which is what I think One, one Nation is doing uh, right now. We, the, we have to... That's, there's no doubt that, you know, the Pauline Hanson being back in the Senate has played a huge part of, of how our conversation has been deteriorating um, in, in terms of, you know, immigration and that sort of...
0: Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, actually, um, just to look at a broader phenomenon. You see it with 18C. I saw a picture of good old um, timwilson.com.au uh, in a photo with Bill Leake and one of the, the Queensland Uni guys going, here's a photo with me and the victims of 18C. I thought the victims of 18C um, were the people targeted by the people who said racist things. But no, no, what what that has allowed uh, unintentionally them to do, what Pauline Hanson's trying to do, and what, as you pointed out earlier, uh, Ruby, um, even Peter Dutton's been doing, is they, they're defining themselves as the victims. Suddenly the, everyone's a victim and it's not... You can be the immigration minister and, and paint yourself as this terrible victim of being misunderstood. How does that happen?
3: Well, I think, you know... <laughs> Well, I have to thank Pauline Hanson today, because I think she has inadvertently shown... I don't know if you've seen that video of hers today, of her, of her talk... Um, she's
1: had it up to here with
3: her own yeah, tolerance. It's, um, to she's, hear. in 58 seconds, inadvertently show, uh, explained what I've been trying to do in years and years of writing about race and racism, which is that... Racism by the majority, in which case we're in a, um, a white majority country. So racism by white people towards immigrants and um, indigenous people is just the Australian way. We're just having a go at them in the Aussie way. And the the Italians and Greeks, well, they were called wogs, but they just put their heads down and got on with it. Um, but now I'm just getting sick of it because there's reverse racism now and what she's actually saying is objecting to racism by the majority, uh, sorry, objecting to the racism of the majority on, by the minority is reverse racism and is intolerable and it's, she's had a gutful of it.
0: It's pretty extraordinary isn't it? Like, we acknowledge the power that has been unleashed by recognising that we're victimising you. We want a piece of that action... We are also victims. It's kind of insidious in a way. Oh, well, it,
3: yeah. it, it's, it's Absolutely. It's actually mind-boggling that that is literally what she spelt out in those 58 seconds. What we dish out to you, you have to take. Anything you give back to us, even if it's just saying, please stop abusing me, well, that's well, I'm not going to take that anymore. Not that she was ever, I mean, I, if that's um, Pauline Hansen um, sick to death of being tolerant, I'd really want to see what an intolerant Pauline Hansen looks Can like. I, or or a, maybe I don't, but it's quite terrifying that, yeah.
2: Yeah, there was a part of the speech that really spoke to me because I have a funny wog last name, uh, and, 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 and my, my background is Italian, a third generation Italian migrant. Um, We've well, heard about no, yeah. Man. Also, Jesus. I saw this other day. I saw this other day. I was sitting there at work, and I said, "You know what? I, I'm very suspicious of people who aren't second or third generation migrants, yeah. <laughs> because like through your through your genealogy, there have been decisions. Let's keep it Aussie. Let's keep it Aussie. We'll get married. Let's keep it Aussie. Let's get ma- keep it. Keep mar- it. Let's keep it. There's, there's all these decisions all the way down. You're like going, and so I'm like, I'm like, it's actually quite amazing if people aren't We're, third, we're, third we're third trying generation.
1: to marry into the Duttons.
2: Yeah." And I'm like, and, and so my t- uh, two reporters down in, in Canberra, Lane Sainty and Alice, they were like, oh, we're, we're, we are like fifth generation. And I'm like, wow, you've gone Aussie, 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 like, You're literally just like only marrying Australians all the way through. Get a bit of spice in there, man. It's <laughs> so what makes the family tree nice and special. But what I will say is uh, there was a comment that Pauline said, which was, um, she said, uh, back in my day, the wogs, they just got on with it. Now I will say this: my uh, nonna and anor, they they actually settled in um, in North Queensland. So we're literally talking about Pauline Hanson town. They did get on with it, but they also my nonna in a, in a supermarket was made to cluck like a chicken in front of the whole supermarket to convey to a laughing store attendant for where the eggs were. Now, she did did my nonna you know. Lodge an 18 you could play? Fuck no. She didn't. She did just get on with it. But are we enough of a society to not realise that if that happens in a supermarket in 2016 that the people who are laughing should be shamed for, for doing that. Yep. And so what it angers me is that like I agree with Pauline and I'm proud, I'm very proud of my grandparents and my parents for withstanding so much racism in the 60s and 70s And actually being racist towards Italians now is actually quite funny. I don't know if you've seen a movie called Wog Boy, but it's like, but it's like, and to me, I I now find taking the piss out of Italians very funny, but it's like, there was a time in the 60s when an an Italian woman who couldn't speak English was made to cluck like a chicken to to find out where the eggs were and everyone laughed. Like, do you know the reason why they were accepted? Yes, they did shut up and take it. Second thing is, they were white. And they were Catholic, and that's the and 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 I get really angry with this like oh but back in the whatever no the Irish were. F- we are awfully maligned and being uh, um, in the in the late 1800s and early 1900s that... and they were bullied and they were and they were called names in the media and and you know what yeah we did just get on with it
0: but there was pain there that said the bar is moving i mean as you said it was first it was the irish who were victimized then the chinese then people from the mediterranean then the vietnamese were kicked around now people from the middle east and presumably before long we'll have the entire planet We'll discover alien life and they'll be the ones who yes. we want to be. Well, at least they're all human, you know. Haven't we made some sort of progress at least? Or is, do we... We are... We are key steps, I think, that, I think that we are, and, and this, is,
2: this is what the UN says. The UN says that Australia is the best country in the world when it comes to resettling refugees. We, we, accept, we accept people into our society the better... The least worse, better right? than. Yeah. I mean, the, yes, you, you nailed it. We are the least worst. So we do treat our refugees badly... But we are very good at resettling. Look at what happens in France, look at what happens in Belgium, look at what happens in parts of the US, look at what happens in the UK, where you there are much I, I, I don't want to say worse, but there are ghettoizations of of minorities where they feel as though they cannot integrate. They feel as though they cannot take part in national life. At least in Australia we do we have to give ourselves sometimes a pat on the back for being least worst.
0: Is that fair, Ruby? Yeah, Probably uh, not a good week to, to yeah. talk about the Australian immigration system.
3: No, that's okay. Uh, look, my, my thing about when we talk about, okay, well, it was, you know, the Irish and the Jews and then Greeks and et cetera, et cetera, is that Lebanese, we're not new here. We're not that that's new. Um, like I said, I mean, he's talk, He Dutton is going back all the way to the 70s, so... We... It's kind of retro, really. The, yeah, well, I mean, we experienced that same, you know, that racism of being the new people. And, and when I was growing up, I'm, I, my experience was very similar to my Greek and Italian and Vietnamese friends, a lot of whom family immigrated at the same time. And I really saw myself within that. And I didn't feel, like, particularly picked on because of... The whole Muslim um, thing. It wasn't, in my mind, I mean, I'm sure other Muslim people will probably have a different uh, you know, recollection. Was it 9 um,
0: 11, though? Is that what
3: changed? I, I, I think so. And I, th- I mean, I've, I think the animosity towards Lebanese people in particular started sooner in, in um, Sydney and exacerbated um, by 9 11. But it's, I feel it, it has gotten. Uh, definitely were. so this idea that we 're just the lady, the new kids on the block i don 't think that adequately explains what 's happening now yeah. and, and that 's because we 're not, yeah. not thinking about the geopolitics like we live in this immensely globalized world you know in terms of war in terms of like industry and capitalism, and yet we still think we can have this national identity and these tightly controlled borders, and it doesn 't make sense so this idea that we can look at Radicalization and terrorism and why are these Lebanese boys acting out like this without linking it to what's happening in the Middle East and has been happening for a very long time is so it's naive at best and uh, it's a deliberate obfuscation at, at the worst can yeah. I just uh, sorry to get so serious so
2: and just linking it back to the Dutton comments because yeah. obviously that's the thing that's really like percolating along over this whole discussion the problem with being immigration minister in this country, and you can go Dutton, and then you had a whole bunch of duds under Labor. You had like Tony Burke, Chris Bowen, um, I think O'Connor. Anyway, and then you had, and then you had Philip Ruddick and Amanda Vanstone. The job of immigration and, minister, and Kevin Andrews, don't and be, Kevin Andrews. Don't forget and Kevin Andrews. the glorious
1: reign of Kevin Andrews.
2: Kevin Andrews. Could we do a Kevin Andrews handhold with his like wife? Um, so uh, yeah, marriage counselling. I, um, I think that the thing to remember about this is that, and this is something that I, I saw Ruby tweeting about today, is that when he says Lebanese Muslims, that is a certain community. But what he's slurring are all Muslims and all Lebanese. The problem being is that so many Lebanese people in this country aren't Muslims; <laughs> they're Maronites. Uh, there's a lot of Muslims, like uh, Ann Ali, who's Egyptian who was lumped into all of the abuse because she has the same colour skin. And I think that that's the problem with being an immigration minister. You actually have to tread carefully and speak in nuance. And the problem being is what Peter Dutton lacks and what most...
1: That's a long dot, dot, conversation. Is a certain amount of chronozoos.
2: But, no, I should say, I should say and that's where they always go back to, like, Philip Ruddock would never have made that comment because Philip Ruddick comes from an area of Sydney where he relies on the Lebanese vote <laughs> and he actually respects the Lebanese people and he knows that they've given a... like, And he had an he amnesty w- badge right here, so yeah, he was a good guy. Exactly. Yeah. Always remember mandatory detention was uh, brought in under Paul Keating. Um, so I just want to make it clear, it's like the problem with the comments was not just that they were right, fine, they're right, 22 out of 33, fine. Charged, though. Yeah, Yeah, again, charged, charged, but they lacked a certain amount of political nuance that would have stopped this becoming a week-long saga, because for fuck's sake, not all Lebanese people are Muslims, and not all Muslim people are Lebanese, and it really angers me, because it's like you're just slurring all of the Middle East, and you're slurring anyone who has that colour skin,
0: really. It's just awful. before the election, before he had a tiny mon- uh, minority, surely t- Malcolm Turnbull would have shut that down within about 24 hours. He hasn't done it. No. Well, th- Let-
1: this is the thing that, that I find fascinating about this particular sort of explosion, which was that, sort of as, as Mark mentioned earlier, when Dutton made his... Uh, the, the illiterate and innumerate comments, the, you know, the, the immigrants are coming to take your jobs and also uh, take all your welfare in some...
3: They're very What's creative.
1: A, yeah, the creative the, the, the refugees. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's uh, yeah. immigrant, I believe is the term. Um, after he said that, he didn't make another appearance during the election campaign. I mean, as, as, uh, as Lee Zachariah, we talked about on the podcast, when he, he was, went looking. He went hunting he went, for Peter, went Peter Dutton. He went looking in Dixon to try and find Peter Dutton to the point of putting up Have You Seen This Man posters <laughs> on, uh, on, on the... Telegraph polls. It looked in the vegetable section of all the supermarkets <laughs> but so i mean so clearly what happened at that point was he made his comment and then it was like and you will not be you know, you, you are now shut down in the same way that yeah. that Susan Lay was shut down in the same way that uh, that Kelly O'Dwyer was shut down in terms of you've said one really stupid thing on the uh, on the during the election campaign and now media silence for you it's it's actually really funny and now that's not happened like this week he said it on Bolt and then he said it on the floor of Parliament mm. and then he said it on the floor of Parliament again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. Let's
0: take a quick break. Go and have a drink. Use the bathroom. What I will remind you, over there, there's a book signing table. I'm going to go and get two books signed by these guys. Oh, wow. Please do. Um, thank you. We'll talk to you in about 10, 15 minutes. Thank you so much. <laughs> and keep tweeting, hashtag Rod4PM. And that was the first half of our live show on the 24th of November 2016 at Giant Dwarf. We might post some audio from the second half at some later point. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.